Tech Writer Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 625 for the 13th of January, 2019. This week, a plain text editor is an essential tool for programmers because it has lots of built-in functions that'll make writing clean code easier. But even non-programmers can make good use of these programs when writing because they lack a word processor's capabilities. In short circuits, how do you find a misplaced smartphone? Most people just pick up another phone and call it, but what if you don't have another phone handy? There is a way to call your hiding phone without using a phone. Taking recommendations from those who provide computer support, even for large companies like Microsoft, is something that needs to be done with care. Let's consider a case in which the recommendations made no sense. In spare parts, only on the website, the Consumer Electronics Show was held in Las Vegas this week, so we'll take a look at three trends. First, larger and more powerful Chromebooks. Next, docking stations that compete with the computer manufacturer's docking stations. And finally, Wi-Fi routers that are becoming more sophisticated as manufacturers build in improved security. Two kinds of editors exist for working with words. Those that allow use of formatting to prepare those words for others to read, and those that allow no formatting at all. You probably have one of the formatting type and one of the non-formatting type too, but you might need a better one. There are good reasons why a non-programmer might want a plain text editor. Editors such as Microsoft Word, WordPerfect, and LibreOffice Writer can produce richly formatted documents that contain various typefaces and sizes, effects such as bold and italic, pictures, tables, clickable links, and more. Plain text editors like Notepad, which is part of Windows, Notepad++, an open source editor, and UltraEdit have none of these features. Website and software developers use text editors because the files used on the web and in application development cannot contain formatting. Non-developers can put text editors to good use too, but first, let's take a look at how developers use these programs and why. Developers want a text editor that will help them write good code. A good text editor will help by knowing about whichever programming language the developer is using and then performing several automated functions. Examples include color coding, variable names, constant names, and function names. Many languages use parentheses, square brackets, and curly braces to enclose certain terms. When writing in English, it's not uncommon for me to omit a closing parenthesis in English, it's bad writing. In a programming language, omitting one of the closing marks will almost always lead to trouble. UltraEdit Studio, which is my favorite text editor, automatically adds a closing parenthesis immediately after I type an open parenthesis. The same is true for other pairs such as the opening and closing braces, opening and closing square brackets, opening and closing double quotes, and opening and closing single quotes. Feature-rich text editors such as Notepad++, UltraEdit, and UltraEdit Studio add dozens of additional capabilities such as multiple buffers, the ability to sort a file, hex code editing, optional word wrap, code segment collapsing, templates, 
columnar editing, the ability to show or hide various markers and line numbers, code block insertion, project management, direct interface to the operating system, optional links to a code management system so that multiple developers can work on the same code, links to program compilers, and a lot more. One of the better text editors is called UltraEdit. The company that created it also offers UltraEdit Studio, an application that includes additional features. The company, IDM Computer Solutions, released the first version of UltraEdit 25 years ago. I've been a user of UltraEdit for most of that quarter century. I had the foresight to buy what IDM was calling at the time an evergreen license, meaning that I would receive every update of UltraEdit forever. Later, I switched to UltraEdit Studio, but retained the evergreen license. That license seems to be no longer available. Now, users have to purchase updates when they're released, or simply continue to use the version they purchased. There is a third option. For $80 a year, users have access to all of IDM's applications for developers. Now, that's a reasonable price because IDM does have several other useful programs for developers. But I'm still glad that I added the Evergreen feature during the years it was available. After being absent from the Mac OS for many years, UltraEdit is now available for Windows, Mac OS, and Linux. If you're a developer, UltraEdit Studio, or using IDM's shorter name, UE Studio, is well worth the extra cost because of its powerful features. IDM allows users to install their software on up to three computers on any combination of operating systems. But I said text editors are good for non-developers, too. Maybe one would help you. If you're a writer, whether it's for print, website, broadcast, or anything else, sometimes your worst enemy is the word processor. That's because it constantly provides feedback, words it thinks you've spelled wrong or underlined, possible grammar and usage errors are highlighted. It's constantly teasing you with the option to make a headline red or italicized text. That's a problem when you're writing because it's better that your brain stay in writer mode, not editor mode. Writer mode says, just get the thoughts down and we'll worry about grammar, spelling, and formatting later. Editor mode keeps interrupting to ask questions. There is no question that we all need editor mode, but not until we get those basic thoughts down on paper or screen. That's one of the primary reasons why I use UE Studio when I'm writing an article. I'm not tempted to switch into editor mode. Unless you're somebody like Isaac Asimov, who seemed to be able to write books almost as fast as people could read them, and who also seemed to write perfect first drafts, you don't need the distraction that a word processor can introduce. Because an application such as Word can format text with bold, italic, indents, headlines, bullets, and a lot more. It's hard not to think about those capabilities, and that makes it easy to run off the track. The bottom line for UltraEdit or UltraEdit Studio, five cats, perfect program if you need a text editor. UltraEdit has led the way in this market segment for most of the 25 years it's been around. If you're a programmer, UE Studio includes all the tools you need to stay organized. If you're a writer, UltraEdit lets you concentrate on writing without being distracted by formatting. You'll find additional details on the UltraEdit website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com.
in short circuits. Oh, where did I put my phone this time? It's not uncommon for people, and that includes me, to take my smartphone out of a pocket and put it down somewhere. Although I try to maintain consistency, sometimes I just drop it in a random location, and then something gets put on top of it, or it falls behind a book, or the cat sits on it. And when I want to find it, I can't. I could have my wife call the phone, or I could use our landline, but what if those options weren't available? Well, there's an online service that will call your phone for free. It's called callmylostphone.com, and it does pretty much what you'd expect. Fill in your phone number, choose to have the service call you immediately in 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, or five minutes. The service is supported by ads and donations. If that's all there was to it, this would be a very short article, but there is a bit more. Other sites are shown on the menu for Christmas calls, wake-up calls, birthday calls, reminder calls, and comedy calls. If you choose one of these, you can have a reminder or wake-up call sent to your phone. Now, this isn't a daily reminder service. If you want to call every day, you'll have to set up a new reminder every day. The most frequently used extra service is the one that sends comedy calls to any number you specify. Comedy calls range from Donald Trump grabbing a cat or asking you to donate to the wall, an angry guy who demands that you stop calling him, your neighbor complaining that you stole his newspaper, a call to confirm your gigantic pizza order, and cat facts. Many of the bits are dated, severely dated, and you may or may not consider them to be funny. By the way, if you're on the receiving end of these prank calls, you can select Stop Calling Me and enter your phone number. Then, if one of your friends tries to set you up for a prank call, the service won't send it. To date, the service claims to have sent nearly 13 million comedy calls. Microsoft and most other large companies offer forums where users can ask and answer questions. On Microsoft's forums, you might receive a response from a Microsoft employee, a Microsoft Most Valued Professional or MVP, an independent advisor, or just an ordinary user. This arrangement requires the person who is seeking support to analyze recommendations instead of blindly following them. Independent advisor seems not to be a term that Microsoft uses, but possibly a term that was just used by someone I dealt with recently. The term might actually be equivalent to regular user. Here's what happened. On the penultimate day of 2018, I noticed a problem. When Windows 10 version 1809 shut down, the computer would hang with the shutting down screen. Pressing the power button was the only way to finish the process. Microsoft's forum advisors invariably want users to do several things. So, before asking the question on the forum, I used the Deployment Image Servicing Management Tool, or DISM, the System File Check Utility, SFC, and some of the built-in troubleshooters. DISM showed no problems. SFC showed no problems. The various troubleshooters either hung or showed no problem. That's what I explained when I posted the message on the last day of 2018. The initial response from the independent advisor seemed reasonable, asking what antivirus the computer was running, Windows Defender, and whether all of the drivers were current. Yes, to the best of my knowledge. The third question seemed a little odd. 
Use Task Manager to show a list of all applications that load when the system starts. And that was puzzling because this was a problem that presents at shutdown, not startup. The independent advisor said I had too many applications enabled in startup and told me to eliminate all of them except Windows Defender. Now, I do start a lot of applications with Windows, and I understand this lengthens the boot process. It also consumes system resources. I know all this. Because I use these applications constantly, or they're things I want running in the background, I'm willing to accept a slightly longer startup time so that they'll be running. Eliminating them would mean that a font manager, an email spam killer, Snagit, the Acronis backup schedule, and a variety of other applications would not load. When I asked for a little help to understand how that would have any effect at shutdown time, no explanation was provided. I was reluctant to disable a bunch of startup applications, but did plan to give that a try, even though I doubted it would change anything. Then several other bits of information became available. I noticed the changes made using the Windows Explorer, adding a directory, deleting a file, something like that, didn't appear until I manually refreshed the view with F5. That was a new symptom. Second, Adobe Dreamweaver appeared to crash on startup. It wasn't really crashing. I discovered that when I launched Dreamweaver, and while it was still not responding, went to my younger daughter's house to feed her cat while she's in Rome. When I returned, about half an hour later, Dreamweaver was running normally. Hmm, another new symptom. Then I noticed Google's Drive backup and sync application was malfunctioning, files weren't being synchronized with the computer, and the application's tray icon was unresponsive. Yep, that's another new symptom dating right back to the 29th of December. Then I noticed I had left a DVD in the external CD-DVD player. Hmm. The disc had been there since the 29th. Oddly, that's the day the problem started. Hmm. I removed the DVD from the player. Windows shut down normally. Changes made in the Windows Explorer were immediately visible. Dreamweaver started normally. And the Google Drive backup and sync function worked as expected. So the root cause was a user error. Mine, leaving the DVD in the player and perhaps a bit of goofiness in Windows 10 that apparently causes the shutdown process to wait for a signal from an external disk player if there's a disk in it. Fortunately, I had not wasted time on a recommendation that would not have helped. But I was still curious about that too many startup applications comment and asked once again and received an immediate response. I prefer not to comment. I have spent too much time explaining you. Well, there might be some linkage that I don't know about or don't understand, but the stonewalling suggests that the independent advisor was not qualified to deal with this issue, was expressing only an opinion, and was unable to substantiate the opinion with factual information. Now, I hope I'm not being overly critical here. After all, the independent advisor, who probably is not paid and appears not to be a native speaker of English, was trying to help both on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. My point is simply that some of what passes for support, even from companies as large as Microsoft, is sometimes provided by people who may unintentionally lead you astray. And I will try not to lead you astray, keep you right on the path as we go to spare parts this week only on the website. This week, Consumer Electronics Show held in Las Vegas. We'll take a look at three trends. First, larger and more powerful Chromebooks. Next, 
docking stations that compete with the computer manufacturer's docking stations, and finally, Wi-Fi routers that are becoming more sophisticated as manufacturers build in improved security. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.